You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Call us right now with your home improvement question or your do-it-yourself dilemma, and we are here to help you get the jobs done that you need to do to make your house more comfortable, safer, and perhaps stay a little cooler this summer. Speaking of which, if both you and your windows are dripping sweat this summer, it might be time for new energy-efficient units. We're going to have all the details on how you can get this project done and help you qualify for a federal energy tax credit that can actually pay for it. Plus, also ahead this hour, nothing accents a room more nicely than all of that decorative trimmings. You know, the crown molding, the baseboard, wainscoting, whatever you've got, it really can be beautiful. Well, we're going to give you an insider's trick of the trade for getting a clean, finished look when you're installing that baseboard and crown molding. And with all the rain we've had this year, more and more folks are experiencing the dreaded roof moss, which can make your roof green, spongy, and it can actually cause leaks. We're going to have the step-by-step tips that you'll need to solve that problem coming up. And this hour, we're giving away a set of the first recycled garden gloves to hit the market from the folks over at West County Gardener, so you can be green while you work on your green thumb. Yeah, they're actually made of recycled roof moss. (laughs) That's why they're green. 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Brad in Michigan's not getting the shower that he enjoys. How can we help you with this problem? Well, the uh, problem is that when you turn on the bathtub water to start the shower, the water's coming out of the spout, and then it says pulled for shower. And when you pull it, only mm-hmm. about 90% of the water reverts to the shower part portion. Yeah, that's because you have a problem with your diverter. It's not diverting like it should be. And uh, that's a valve issue, and it probably can be fixed by replacing the shower valve, replacing the diverter valve. Unfortunately, it's a fairly difficult thing to do. Because it's behind all of that tile and wall, correct? That's right. Um, The other option is, depending on the age of the valve, some valves have... Uh, like what's called a cassette, which is like all the guts in the valve in one piece, and it's replaceable. Is this an old house? Yes. Yeah, it, it may not be easy to do, but it's worth talking to a plumber about. Sometimes you can replace the guts of the valve without opening up the wall and replacing the whole valve itself. Is there an access panel, Brad? There is an access panel in the bedroom behind the bathroom. Well, that's good news. That that's makes it a little great. bit easier. Okay, so is it something that still a plumber should be doing, though? Yeah, it's it's a little complicated, and if you start taking it apart yourself, I'm afraid you might not be able to get it back together again, Brad. All right, well, thank you. You're welcome, Brad. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Heading to the Great North to talk with Sharon in Alaska. What can we do for you in your money pit? Hi. Uh, I have a metal roof and no attic. And out on my porch, it's starting to leak. Now, how can I tell if that's leaking in the house and how can I fix it? 
Well, I mean, if it was leaking in the house, you would certainly see some evidence of moisture. But how do you fix it? Well, it depends on why it's leaking. Generally, you can use a silicone sealant on a metal roof because it attaches very, very well to metal. Okay. How can I tell if it's leaking, like, in between the ceiling and the roof? You definitely would see it because that ceiling material is not going to hold back the water. So if you're not seeing any stains, I wouldn't worry about it. But on a dry day, if you can get up in the roof over the porch and try to figure out where it's leaking, and if you want some help trying to figure that out, um, an easy way to do that is to grab a hose and work the roof one sort of section at a time and see if you can actually make it leak. And that okay. will give you an indication as to where the leak is, and then you can seal that with silicone, and you'll be good to go. Now, the silicone, do I have to do that again in a couple of years? No, it's pretty durable stuff. Um, so I would just do it once and see what happens. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, Sharon. Good luck with that project. Thanks for checking in with us from Alaska. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tom is always waiting very patiently, by the way. <laughs> We're here for you at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, sweaty windows means there's too much moisture in your house. We're going to share some solutions when we come back. 888-MONEYPIT. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Plus Ultra Interior Paint and Primer in One with Advanced Nano Guard technology. Designed to not only help you save time, but also preserve your home's interior finish. For more information, visit Bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti, and we'd love for you to be part of the Money Pit. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT, because this hour, we're going to give you the answer to your home improvement question, debacle, dilemma, whatever the heck is going on at your house. But we're also giving away a great prize. We're giving away a pair each of women's and men's gardening gloves from our friends over at West County Gardener. Now, these gloves are super special because because they're made from recycled beverage bottles. So every time you have a water or a soft drink and you send them to the recycling center, they're actually being made into gloves that might end up on your own hand. And it's amazing because the bottles are then ground up and then spun into recycled yarn. Now, each pair of gloves keeps one eight-ounce bottle from going to a landfill. So that's just fantastic. They're worth 40 bucks. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win now. 888-666-3974. Well, if your kids love to draw those hearts and smiley faces on the condensation inside the windows of your home, this could be a clue that perhaps you've got a bit too much humidity in your house. What do you do about it? Well, there's a lot of ways to reduce humidity in the home. First, you need to understand what causes the condensation. Typically, when you have a cold surface and a lot of warm, moist air, that air is going to strike the cold surface, it's going to chill, and it's going to release that moisture in the form of water droplets. There's a few things that you can do to reduce that moisture in the house. First, use ventilation fans in your kitchens. Use ventilation fans in your bathrooms and let them run for at least 10 or 15 minutes or so after you've used the shower or bath. Thirdly, you want to improve the grading around your house. The grading is important because if you get water that moves away from the foundation wall, if you clean your gutters and extend the downspouts, you keep that area as dry as possible. That's going to reduce the amount of moisture that gets in the foundation, and you'll have less humidity that will build up 
in the house as well. Mm-hmm. You also want to consider adding a dehumidifier to your house. That way you can remove any excess moisture that does end up in the air. And when you've got energy efficient windows, the temperature of the glass helps to reduce the condensation buildup. To learn more about replacing your windows with more energy efficient models that are out there, you can download the free chapter of our book, My Home, My Money Pit. Now our chapter is your complete window replacement guide. And we put it together with the help from the folks at Simonton Windows. And it actually includes info on all those great tax credits that are available right now for your replacement windows. It's completely free and it's available at moneypit.com. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. And that's a great one right there. Maybe you've just been staring at your windows. You're noticing all the moisture. You're seeing something weird like that in your house. You want to know what causes it. What are your options? How do you get it fixed? Call us right now. We will help you out. Who's next? Stephen Florida is getting organized and hanging some cabinetry. How can we help you with your project? Hi. I, my house was built in 1991, and I have, I guess it's the metal studs. Okay. And my question is, what kind of screws can I use to keep, uh, keep those cabinets up? It just seems like any kind of screw I put in a metal stud can slip, slip right out without, it, without an anchor. Hmm. Well, typically, um, steel studs, you use the steel hardened, case-hardened screws, the same kind of screw that you use for drywall. If you see those in the in the home centers, and um, the trick here is going to be to make sure that you're real accurate with installing those, so that you hit the surface of the stud and not the edge of the stud. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing behind the edges, right? Yeah, you got to really hit it square, and so you're going to need to use a stud finder and make sure you you locate the edges and then sort of divide that in half to find the exact middle. You just got to be real careful. If it's a wood stud, you know, you can angle the screw one way or the other. With a metal stud, you pretty much have to be dead on. And they're called case-hardened screws? Yeah, they're case-hardened screws. If you go to any home center or hardware store, those metal screws were originally designed to attach drywall and other building materials to metal studs. And then the industry started using those to attach drywall to wood studs, finding that they were just so darn handy to handle. And those will work fine for attaching cabinets as well. Fantastic. I thank you. Any any special length I should use for something like that? Yeah, make sure it's long enough to hit the stud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good enough. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome, Steve. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Is there a good rule of thumb for the back end length? You know, once you get through the drywall, through the cabinet, you know, drywall, stud. It doesn't stud. really matter. As long as you're through the stud, you know, anywhere from a half inch to three quarters of an inch, that's all the bites you're going to get. All righty. Now we're going to talk to Helen, who has a painting question. What can we do for you today? I have a question about movable shutters. Okay. Need repainting. And uh, the painter seems quite reluctant to do it because he claims that uh, they won't be moving. They won't be movable after they are painted. Well, that's not true. If they're painted correctly, they would be. And, and, and if they are movable shutters, they're hand shutters. You know what the, important, the most important part of that shutter is to paint? The backside, because that's where it's going to rot. And if you ignore painting the backside, they'll start to rot from the back forward, and they're not going to be movable very much longer after that. And you would want to remove them from the home for painting in the first place, correct? Or certainly, um, if they're on hinges... Open them out. Open them out. That's right. So you could paint the back and the front. That's that's silly. I mean, you definitely can paint the shutters if they're done correctly. It sounds like you got a painter here that just doesn't want to do the job. <laughs> they're indoor shutters, not outdoor. Oh, indoor shutters? Yes. What are they shuttering if they're indoor shutters? 
windows. They're, they're like decorative plantain, oh, you mean decorative like plantation shutters. shutters. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. You still can paint them. I don't see why not. I'll tell you what, if he's concerned about it, he could take the hinges off mm-hmm. and then put them all back on. Would spraying be a better idea? No, not necessarily. I mean, either way was, is fine. Mm-hmm. But they certainly can be painted. I mean, are they plastic or are they wood? Wood. Then there should be no issues. I see no reason you can't do that, Helen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. She's got a painter that just doesn't want to do the job. Mike in Tennessee has a window issue. Tell us about the problem. We've got uh, some uh, windows that are probably about five foot tall. They're about a foot and a half wide. They're double paned, and they have moisture that is trapped in between the two panes, so you can't really see in or out of the windows right. due to the fact of, of the moisture. Is there an easy way to get rid of the moisture, or do I have to just simply replace the windows? Yeah, unfortunately, you have to replace them. What's happened is that there's a seal between the windows, and it's a vacuum seal. And as the seal fails, then you get moisture and condensation in there. Now, the good news is it probably isn't affecting it dramatically from an efficiency perspective, but yeah. as you've mentioned, it gets pretty ugly as the mm-hmm. moisture gets in so there. Nice. And it condenses, it, it looks pretty nasty. But that's the way you basically have to replace it. And I will say that, Mike, now's a really good time to have to replace that glass because you can qualify for a federal energy tax credit that can reimburse you for up to $1,500 of the cost of the products. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's available to, until the end of 2010. So it's never been a better time to replace uh, windows like that. And in fact, we've got a free chapter from our book, My Home, My Money Pit, online right now at moneypit.com called The Complete Window Replacement Guide that walks you through the entire process. So why don't you go over to our website, download the chapter, take a read, and, and, and then consider your options from there. I will definitely do that. Thank you. You're welcome, Mike. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Heading over to Georgia to chat with Carolyn about a noisy toilet. Tell us about the problem. We have a toilet that's automatically flushes you can hear the sound in the bedroom in the hall and all of the sound and water seems to take place in the tank what causes a toilet to spontaneously flush well you know some people would pay thousands of dollars to have their toilet automatically flush Uh, The reason it's happening is because you have a leaking flush valve. That's the valve in the bottom of the toilet. And what happens is it leaks water out to the point where the fill valve wants to sort of complete the job and refill the toilet. And so the solution is to replace the flush valve. But since both flush and fill valves are so inexpensive, I would replace all of the guts of the toilet, both flush and fill valve. It'll cost you about 15 bucks in parts. It's not too hard to do it yourself, and that problem mm-hmm. will go away for good, Carolyn. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. So I will replace both of them, just as you said. And, Carolyn, there's a great website. It's fluidmaster.com, and they give you detailed pictures of the entire process, step-by-step, how to go ahead and change both of these items so you can actually do it yourself. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank You're you. welcome, Carolyn. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Chris in Iowa, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Yes, hi. I was looking at a home um, that has really old uh, heating system. It was built in the 1930s, and basically what they've got is a boiler system okay. and very large radiators. I bet. Probably got asbestos on those pipes, too. Um, actually, I'm not sure about that. That would be common uh, with the old system. Do you know if it's a steam system or a hot water system? A hot water. Okay. And so what's your question? 
My question is, would it be viable to remove those very large uh, radiators and do the baseboard heat? Oh, that would be such a shame. It would be. The only benefit is that you're going to regain some space that obviously that big giant radiator was taking up, Chris. But yeah. unless you go with a cast iron baseboard heater, you will never get the heat retention that you once had from those big radiators. They've got a ton of character. You can build beautiful coverings for them that have built-in storage that are sort of, you know, vented window seats that you can sit on. If it's a low boy radiator in front of a window, you can do these wonderful covers that have sort of a vented top with a nice cushion so you can heat up your little booty while you sit out there and watch the snowfall on a nice winter day. Okay. Wouldn't do it, especially if you're going with aluminum baseboard. It's going to be tinging. It's not going to retain the heat, and it's just going to be an annoyance. It really will detract from the value of your house, Chris. We really wouldn't recommend that you pull out those great old cast iron radiators. They're a very fantastic way to get heat. Very good. I appreciate the information. You're welcome, Chris. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Judy in Utah needs some help venting a bathroom. Tell us about the problem. Um, okay, I have a downstairs basement bathroom that I'm redoing, and um, it it had a vent in the wall that went into the furnace room, and somebody told me that I and now I want to move the vent into the ceiling, and somebody told me that it shouldn't go into the furnace room, that it should go up through the floor of the bathroom upstairs and out the roof. Okay, this is the now this is the vent for the plumbing or the vent for the fan, the vent fan. The vent fan. Okay. Well, the vent fan should vent to the outside. It shouldn't vent to another room in the basement or, or upstairs or anywhere else. Now, if it's a basement bathroom, the shortest distance between the bathroom and the outside is where you want to go. And probably the easiest way to do that is to not worry about running it all the way up into the attic space, but just run the duct hose for the vent in between the floor joists and take it out the exterior wall at the level of the floor structure. Okay. And that's a lot easier than worrying about taking it up and, and out. Plus, you know, a, a fan for the bathroom doesn't have that much power. It doesn't blow that many cubic feet per minute. And if you try to push that air up two stories... It won't make it. It's not as effective. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Judy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Yeah, I wasn't sure what kind of vent she was talking about because there's two kinds of vent in a bathroom. You know, the the plumbing vent, of course, which is the pipe that has to go up through the basement, usually all the way to the outside. And that sort of vents gases? Yeah, that vents, well, it actually vents the sewage gases. Yes, right. the sewer gases. And then, of course, we have the vent fan, which is just as important for creature comfort for other reasons. True, <laughs> for other types of gases. <laughs> Building a bathroom is all about managing the gases. <laughs> Trying to get them where you want them and, and not where you don't want them to be. <laughs> All right, up next, getting a clean, smooth look for your baseboard and crown molding. So stick around. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, with your home improvement question, which might be, how do I get a really nicely, sharply trimmed room if I'm using crown molding, baseboard molding, picture frame molding? How do I have it actually come out like the pros? 
One simple trick of the trade. Used it for years. Somebody taught it to me years ago, and I've never stopped using it. It's caulk. Yes, it's caulk. You know, when you nail a uh, trim against the wall, let's say baseboard molding, you always get basically a dark shadow between the molding and the wall. Even if both parts are white, you're going to get a dark shadow. If you caulk the seam between the trim and the wall, that dark shadow completely disappears. 100% you won't see it. And you can paint over it so that you'll have no line whatsoever. Caulk is also good as an adhesive if you have a minor repair to make. But use the latex acrylic type because you can simply smooth it out with a damp sponge and it will really clean up the process of putting trim around your molding, trim around your windows, trim around your doors, even crown molding. If the cuts are off just a little bit, if you've got a piece of the wall that doesn't fit properly, caulk is the way to make it all sort of blend together. And because it's elastic, it expands and contracts with the wall so it never really pulls apart. Leslie, have you uh, used caulk in the trimming projects that you've done around the house? I mean, all the time. It really does make a huge difference. Occasionally, as things shift and move within your house, you might have to go back in and add more caulk and touch up. But another trick that I always have used caulk for, especially on these budgeted makeover shows I work on, we build a lot of things out of MDF. Yes. And so when I'm building a bookcase or shelving or something and, you know, my shelf doesn't quite match up with the sides of my bookcase and you get a little bit of wavering, I use caulk in there. Yep. And once that all dries and I paint it up, you can't even tell. So that's caulk we, is miraculous. That's what we call this caulk radio, 888-666-3974. Let's get back to your calls. Richard in Tennessee needs some help with a landscaping project. What are you doing for your staycation? Well, we're trying to decide if we can kill enough Bermuda grass okay. to put in a flower bed. Okay. And was interested in how you would go about doing that. Well, if you know exactly where you want your flower bed to be, you want to definitely mark this area out, and you're going to have to protect sort of the good side of the grass from the grass that you want to kill. And then what I would do is I would use a herbicide like Roundup, and you would strategically spray this over the Bermuda grass that you want no more. You're going to have to do this carefully because, remember, if it's a windy day, the it's stuff's going to go spray onto the good side of the grass, then you're going to kill more grass than you want to. But this is what's called a Roundup restoration, and eventually it will kill off all the Bermuda grass in that area where you want uh, your flower garden to be. And as the grass dies, you can actually rototill it right into the soil and then plant uh, your new garden in the same soil. It will not affect the new growth. Okay, that sounds good. I think I can do that. All right, just be careful as you apply it, okay, Richard, for that reason. Watch the wind direction and all of that. All right. Thanks for your help. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we're going to talk to Robert in New York who's got a question about paint. What can we do for you? Uh, yes, I have a, uh, a wraparound six-foot-high gate around my house. Okay. And uh, I want to paint it, uh, you know, I want to use an oil base or water base. I want to know which one is better to use, you know, to work with that. This is like an iron uh, fence? Yes, iron, yes. Okay, well, the first thing you need to do is make sure that you clean it really well and remove any loose, flaky paint. So in in the case of an iron fence, you're going to want to wire brush it and even sand it with a real coarse like emery paper to make sure you get as much of that loose stuff off as you can. The next thing I would do is I would prime it, and I would use Rust-Oleum right out of the can, 
Okay. And let it dry properly. It takes usually under about uh, four hours to dry. Let it dry really well. It's an oil-based product. And after that, I would use an oil-based Rust-Oleum top coat. That's going to give you a good seven or eight years. It takes a lot longer to do the fence that way with all the prep going into it, but it's really going to make a difference in the longevity between paint jobs, Robert. Okay. Will do. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you've gotten a ton of rain like we have this summer, your lawn might not be the only green thing at your money pit. If you find your roof is joining in on the green look, we can help you out after this. Money pit. Money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Citrus Magic, the 100% natural odor-eliminating air freshener. Unlike other air fresheners, Citrus Magic actually eliminates odors and lasts up to four times longer. Visit CitrusMagic.com for more information. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And do you want to go green while working out that green thumb? Have we got a prize for you? This hour we're giving away a set of recycled garden gloves from the folks at West County Gardener. Each pair keeps one 8-ounce beverage bottle from ending up in a landfill. They're worth 40 bucks, but they can be yours for free if you pick up the phone and call us right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Yep, pick up the phone and give us a call especially if you've got a problem on the outside of your money pit. You know, if you're finding that you love the look of a green lawn, but not exactly the look of a green roof, we have got a solution to help you solve the problem of roof moss, which we are just hearing about from all of you guys all across the country. It has been more common this summer, thanks to all of those lovely, wet, rainy, damp days we've all had in the last few months. And there are a number of ways that you can deal with it. You want to clean it. And there's several things that you can buy right off the bat, roof wash, maybe Jomax, or you can even make one out of uh, bleach and water. Then go ahead and trim the trees that are giving your roof a lot of shade. If you can, cut things back. Just try to get as much sunshine as you can onto the roof surface, because that's going to help kill all that moss as well. And then when you're up on the roof, you can add some copper or nickel flashing, or a copper or nickel ridge vent, because what that does is, as the rain hits the copper and the nickel, it sort of releases a bit of the, the metallic properties of the copper and the nickel and that helps to naturally clean away the roof moss. So these are all some things you can do. Some are preventative, some are instantaneous, but you just got to keep on it. And if we continue to have these rainy summer days, it's something you're going to have to maintain more, but it's not the end of the world. You can make it go away. 888-666-3974. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Robin in Massachusetts has a rabbit problem at her house, and they multiply in great numbers, we know. <laughs> Welcome, Robin. Oh, hello. I'm calling because the rabbits are eating all the flowers from the marigolds. That's terrible. Yes. Well, rabbits need to eat, too. And the squirrels are eating all the strawberries. Okay. <laughs> so, so we need to know what to do. Stop planting such tasty things around your house. Uh, that would be a good idea. <laughs> You know, um, there's a good product um, out from the folks that have a heart. It's the Woodstream Corporation. And it's called Defense, D-E-F-E-N-C-E. And it's a rabbit repellent. It actually repels rabbits and deer. 
you can buy it for around 12 or $13 a bottle, and basically it's as easy to use as it gets. You spray it on the plants. It works on flowers. It works on ornamentals. It works on any kinds of uh, landscape areas. And one application lasts up to three months, and it will make those beautiful flowers very not tasty to the rabbits. Mm, and the okay. best part is the USDA certifies it as being approved for organic gardening, so you don't have to be concerned about it, you know, damaging your strawberries. Oh, good. Where can I find this? Well, you can find it in uh, different home centers and garden stores, or you can find it on online. It's one of the Have a Heart products, so I would maybe start with their, with their website, which is haveaheart, H-A-V-A-H-A-R-T dot com. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. George in Illinois needs some help with a roofing project. What can we do for you today? Uh, yes, I have a 20 year old uh, cedar shake roof. Okay. And uh, I've replaced uh, several shakes uh, during the years. Uh, the shakes are in relatively good shape, and I'm having a roofer come over uh, to uh, fix the top ridge and. Uh, uh, put some more shakes on, and he's recommending that I uh, put a UV protectant on the uh, roof, not a sealant, because I, I don't want to seal the uh, shakes, but uh, it would be a UV, uh, kind of a waterproof and UV protectant. And uh, the uh, total cost is uh, about $1,500, and about 750 or $800 of that is uh, the UV protection. Right. And I'm just wondering if that's worth the money or not. I don't know. I, I, I rarely hear of uh, people doing any type of uh, surface treatment to cedar roof shingles. Um, not to say that it might not help a little bit, but if it's lasted 20 years, you know, George, you're pretty much near the end of a normal life cycle for that. If you go another five, uh, you're going to be, you know, that roof's not going to owe you a dime, so to speak. And we'll put, putting sealant on that is not going to buy you a whole lot extra time. So I'm not so sure that that's a great use of your money. Okay, so uh, just go with the uh, replacement of the uh, top ridge and the uh, additional shakes to replace the curled ones and uh, missing ones and outwardly damaged ones. I, I think so. I don't think it's probably worth it for you to put any more money than just the uh, maintenance that you can do to replace missing and damaged shingles at this point, because probably in the next five years, you're going to have to think about replacing it. At that time, you know, you may want to consider cedar, or you might want to consider going with um, like a dimensional shingle that looks like a cedar roof, but actually will be a lot easier for you to take care of. Regina in New Jersey has an air conditioning question. What can we do for you today? Well, my air conditioner is 13 years old, and when I went down to the basement, it was surrounded by a lot of water. Mm, okay. I was checking it out, and it looks like there was a... I was looking in the furnace, and there were a whole bunch of water droplets inside the, the unit. Okay. So it looks like the humidity is coming out of the house, but not going outside, mm -hmm. but yeah. settling around the floor of the furnace. Yep, easy fix. What's the problem? Uh, your condensate, well, a couple of things. You're looking at the, what you're seeing is the air conditioning condensate. When your air is cooled, it releases moisture. And so what you're seeing is that moisture is not draining properly. Now, I'm not quite sure how your system is set up to drain, but I can give you a couple of options. Typically, there's a condensate tube, usually a white PVC pipe, that is mounted above the furnace that catches that water and drains it down that pipe and into what's called a condensate pump, which is usually a small box about the size of a car battery or maybe smaller 
on the floor next to the furnace where that water is pumped out. Now, it could be what typically happens is sometimes that condensate line gets blocked. You know, I've seen paper labels off of air conditioning equipment block that. I've seen other types of debris block that. It doesn't take a lot because you're not talking about a lot of water pressure. But I bet you that that condensate line is blocked. And as a result, the water is backing up and spilling over into your furnace area. Now, you do want to get this fixed because... In the long run, what can happen is, besides making a big mess, that can rust out the heat exchanger, which is right below that, and that means you'd need a new furnace. Now, that would take a long time, but for right now, you definitely want to get on it. It should be a simple fix. If you can't figure it out yourself, have your HVAC contractor do it, but it happens all the time, and it's not a big deal. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Regina. And I enjoy your show every week. Thank Thank you so much. Coming up, are your tub or shower enclosures looking pretty dingy? We're going to have some cleaning solutions when we return. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. MoneyPit.com is the website. Click on Ask Tom and Leslie and shoot us an email question or call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, let's jump into that email bag. All right, we've got one here from Brad in Connecticut who writes, I've just purchased a home and it has two all-in-one shower tub enclosures. I would estimate their age to be between 12 and 15 years, possibly more. My question to you, is there a product or products on the market that will clean them or give them some type of sheen? What are your thoughts on having the fiberglass tub shower units reglazed? One is gold and the other is blue. How does it work and how long will it last? I am not really familiar with any process that will effectively reglaze fiberglass. No, I don't think so. You know, you can resurface porcelain, but you can't reglaze fiberglass. You know, there are some good marine products that will work because the care of the fiberglass tub and and shower pan is very similar to the care of a boat surface. Um, There's also a product called Gel Gloss, which is available at most major retailers. This is a a abrasive cleaner, but just mild abrasive, Mm -hmm. um, and sort of like a shiny top coat that works very well as a cleaning agent um, and as a polish. Something you're going to have to repeat from time to time, probably once a month or so, but it's a good maintenance step to have. So look into that product. It's called Gel Gloss. All right, now we've got one from Kimberly in Texas who writes, We have what is apparently a high rust content in our city of Orangefield. It causes a rusty brown, hard-to-remove film in our toilets and around the drains in our tubs. There's no odor. What are our options? Uh, CLR, calcium lime rust. That's a product, the cleaning product, that will melt those stains away. Unless you're going to treat your water, you're always going to have those sorts of rush rust issues uh, with that type of water if the water is particularly hard. You know, you could add a, a water softener to it, like Easy Water is a system um, that's a fairly inexpensive chemical-free way to treat the water. But really, uh, you're going to have higher maintenance in that sort of uh, environment. And CLR is a good product to, to clean up those bathroom fixtures. All right, I hope that helps with your rusty situation, Kimberly, and you can start enjoying a nice, clean bathroom again. Well, September is right around the corner, and it's a big month for weddings, 
but modern brides are foregoing china and crystal for more practical gifts. Leslie's got all the details in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. You know, that's right. Today's brides and grooms, they want gifts that they can actually use on a daily basis. You know, not just that fancy china that you only bring out at Thanksgiving or Christmas. And these items are anything from appliances to even office supplies. Plus, more people are actually getting married later in life. So they've already got a lot of these essentials already in their homes or apartments. And now what they're looking for are those extras that they need for entertaining or relaxing or even getting organized. So newlyweds and engaged couples are among the nation's largest consumers of major appliances, furniture, even consumer electronics, as well as, you know, the traditional items like tableware and linens and small appliances and cookware. And a lot of these items are often purchased through a gift registry. And they're registering at non-traditional retailers as well even home centers. So whether you're tying the knot or attending a wedding, be sure to open your mind to way more practical gifts. Think power driver, drill gun, folks. These are things people are actually going to use. And you might be on your way to turning their house into a home or maybe even your house into a home. People register for everything these days. So go out there and think off the beaten path and get some things that you actually need on those registry lists. And if you just can't decide, cash still works. Exactly. Cash is king. (laughs) This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Hey, coming up next week on the Money Pit, this is probably the... the one thing you haven't thought about all summer long, your fireplace. It's like the it's last thing you think of. So darn hot. But there actually is a way to sort of do a hearth makeover that can make that fireplace very attractive and even functional throughout summer months. We're going to have that tip on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.